what kind of teacher doesn't do his homework? I feel like a bad teacher because I've been forgetting to do my homework every single episode. And here I am listening to other people's shows and they keep doing it. So here I go. If you like my show or if you love my show, please drop a five-star review. And while you're at it, maybe drop one also for my other show, The Nostalgia Cafe. All right, A+. My guest today is Quentin Green. I loved this conversation. In fact, my family's already listened to it, and all they'd say is that Quentin is so real. He's so open with me in this conversation. We talk about his struggles with PTSD and how now he's creating incredible art, and it's helping him in a therapeutic way. He is selling this art, and he's also doing so many incredible things that we discuss in this conversation. So, without further ado, please welcome my new friend, the very talented Quentin Green. You're listening to the Pillars of Hamilton. That's with me, Sam Sidetells, and you want to know what I'm going to give them? Only the finest that Hamilton has to offer. The biggest blueberries you've ever seen, baby. (laughs) And they're all here. Right now. What is up, everybody? I am most excited about this guest by the name of Quentin. Yes. What is up, my friend? <laughs> you know, everything is all right, brother. My brother. Yeah, good to meet you. Yeah, in person, because we actually met before. So for those of you who don't know, uh, I do a live show with the Art Club once a month. And I met Quentin through the art club because he was featured uh, in February, right? Yes. Yeah. And um, they got something coming up um, real soon that uh, I'm going to be a part of. What do you, really? Yeah, pop-up art. um, One of their their galleries. Yeah, right in Hamilton, yes. Right on, man. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm interested in that. Also, I got something going on up in Delanin, or Delanin, Delanin. In North Jersey, right on. Yeah, yeah. So you you you've got your work out there in the world for right, sure. Right. Listen, for sure. ladies and gentlemen, I brought Quentin on because not just is he an amazing artist. I'm talking about his work is deep. You look at his pieces; they they move you, they make you feel something. Uh, and he's a new artist, and we're gonna get all into that. But let's start off at the beginning because you've got one hell of a story to tell. Let's start off because I know you wanted to talk about how your time in the South, growing up in the South, has kind of influenced you into who you are today. Well, growing up, when I was growing up in North Carolina, it was, um, you know, it was amazing um, how my parents um, uh, fed into um, my my life, um, the 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 opportunity to to um, educate myself with different perspectives in music and, and art and dance. And um, that was a big part of my background with my grandfather, who at uh, in the 40s and 50s, he had his own orchestra. And um, so music and dance and this art thing uh, was a part of my, you know, coming up in North Carolina. And it um, really, you know, it just uh, manifested itself <laughs> In my later life. It's crazy because yeah. you didn't, how long ago did you start doing art? About 20 years ago, but I just picked up the brush. It was no schooling, no, um, not, it was just something that came from within it that um, uh, I dealt with, um, you know, when, with the army piece and the being a vet and being um, with the mental illness piece. Yeah. I just picked it up from that. But growing up in North Carolina was, you know, amazing. So you never picked up a paintbrush back then, though? Nah, no. But you were involved in the arts. Yes, yes. It was artists around, you know, and I used to hang out with them, but I wasn't really into it. Uh, I mostly focused on uh, modern dance and chorus and tap and different things like that. But, you know, once you're in that, that mm. art genre yes. and in that, in that area, you kind of connect with people. But I, I never even thought about painting or, or drawing or any of that. 
I love that you said that, man, because I, I've always, I didn't realize that until kind of recently, that point you just brought up. It's so true. I uh, I grew up being a, a, wanting to be a pro wrestler. And even though it doesn't seem like an art style, you know, there's I've got guys slamming. In my perspective, it's a complete art style because I think the secret's out that wrestling's not real. It's not a real fight. But you're out there, you're given a character, you're trying to tell a story. And then from there, to teaching, to uh, podcasting, it's all kind of linked, this this being creative and trying to make some kind of art that other people will want to see, other people will be able to, I don't know, connect with. Right, right, right. right so right. You, you did tap, huh? Yeah, tap. Um, uh, um, I was just drawn to dancing, modern dancing, tap, the, the music, chorus. Um, we did a lot with the chorus, and um, we even... Uh, in high school, had a little small band with a drummer, guitar, bass, and, you know, just kids around in the neighborhood doing uh, crazy stuff, trying to be something, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's that's completely funny, you know what I mean? When <laughs> Not... you look back at it, how horrible it was. But <laughs> but you got to give us a, a credit for trying anyway, you know. Bro, even if it, mm-hmm. see, that's the thing is I try to tell people all the time, you know, it's like, why do this? Why tap? Why do dance? If uh, You don't have to make a career. You don't have to. Most people only see that on TV. They see what the, the singers on TV, and these are big millionaires, and so that's all they know when, when you're a kid. It's like, I want to be like that. But I think there's something to be said about the experience of it, the experience of learning. Hey, I'm going to blow your mind here. I actually know a little shuffle step. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. That's a little uh, tap dance 101 for you. Yeah. <laughs> that would be interesting to see. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I should have been a tap dancing wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's all connected, right? It yeah. all. It all yeah. As opposed yeah. to someone who might not ever experience those things. Some people try to separate the, the arts in, you know, in, in different categories. But actually, it's it's all, you know, one thing, you know. It's and, about and me and my wife was talking about something um, the uh, other day. And um, the, that subject came up about uh, creativity and... And I was reflecting. I was I was talking with her about it, and um, we was discussing things about like chairs. Uh, people don't see that as artwork, mm. you know. Tables. I mean, design. Design is a part of the art genre, and and um, we just see a chair, but we don't see a piece of art. Mm. We see a table, but we don't see a piece of art. You know, we see different things in our house, but we don't see it as art. And I was just trying to reflect to her that everything that I see is art to me, you know, and and, and that's how it is. It is. I mean, someone had to think of the design, create yes. it, or else if you don't have those people, everything's the same. Everything's the same. It's boring. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So life back in, uh, you said South Carolina? North Carolina. North yeah. Carolina. Yeah. Was, it a good t- was it a good life? You enjoyed your childhood yeah. growing up doing all these things? Doing all of these different things. Uh, um, our parents uh, allowing us to be exposed to... Um, the art, uh, music, and different things like that. So coming up in high school, we have some great band teachers, great chorus teachers who really, like, pushed us out there. And Oh, uh, yeah? Uh-huh, and um, it, it, it was great. Well, to, as a teacher, that means a lot to me. So you had some teachers that were really yeah. motivational to you, huh? Absolutely, and um, we used to do huge concerts uh, with the chorus, with the chamber singers, with... With the um, we used to do dance contests, and my sister and I won some, and my cousins and them was so good that they end up on Dance Fever. Oh no way! They're on Absolutely. TV. Absolutely, yeah. Tony and, and Debbie, um, they um, they went to um, the trials for Dance Fever, and they got second place. This uh, Puerto Rican couple out of New York. Knocked them out of um, actually being on TV. Oh, they, okay. I've never even heard of Dance Fever. Is that like an old school? Yeah, it was um, a dance contest that Danny Terrio, uh, you look him up. All right. Uh, yeah, Danny Terrio, he used to run that show and um, they would do um, 
searches for ta- talent searches. So um, you though, so you're part of the 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 music. W- were you a singer? Did you play? An yes, instrument? I sung it with the choir. I sung with the uh, chorus. Um, you know, as a group. Like I said, we had a little band. We was trying to. Um, Get up and and worry my mom to death with this drum, <laughs> with this. Um, Bro, my pa- my kids keep asking for drums. I'm just like, oh man, I don't think so, guys. <laughs> she would come home from work and he, we banging and carrying on and singing and carrying on. Is that not so, the best and, of times? Yeah, right there? yeah. When I think about it, I was like, wow, that was that was a- absolutely awesome. You yeah. know. Yeah, Man, so that's so cool to hear. To have somebody to put up with us, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really should get my kids drums in the end, you know. I got yeah. a guitar so we can start a band. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. What kind yeah. of music you into? I like uh I like it all. I I was exposed to it all. Mm. Opera, uh classical music, soul, jazz, R and B, rap. I, I like it all, you know, and I don't limit myself to Nothing. I, I'm probably the weirdest person you ever seen when it comes to CDs or uh, um, um, recordings in the car. Because, what do you mean? Because I, I have what they call the um, the movies. Like an 8-track? What, what are you talking about? No, um, I can't think of um, the music from various movies. Oh, oh, you mean like soundtracks? soundtracks. Yes, yeah. Soundtracks. What, what soundtracks are we talking about <laughs> we here? Talking about Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, 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 <laughs> yeah. man! I listen to that when I'm working out. That violin and yeah, that, yeah, that, that's yeah, good stuff. yeah, yeah. Absolutely, in different <laughs> um, movies like that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and you know, the, it's funny you say that. One of my favorite soundtracks of all time. Have you ever heard of the artist uh, Jean Michel Basquiat? Uh yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah. His movie, oh, if you yeah met, yeah, I saw the you movie. Saw the I movie. didn't know he was that deep. Yeah, but it was deep. Man, that movie changed my life. I've yeah. talked about it on this podcast like ten times. Okay, yeah, but that soundtrack alone, I, I just I love it. I love it. it. Brings me back to the movie. Brings me to the art every single time. Right. Do absolutely. you listen to art or do you listen to music while you're creating art? Um, not really. No, no. I, I kind of like blank out. Go in, you know, shut everything out. It's like you make your brain a blank slate. Right, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. and um, start doing whatever I have in my mind to do and then just bring it out and work on it and work on it until I get it to where I want it to be. Cool. Yeah, well, let's talk about that more later. I still want to uh, take care of your early life. So so you're at home, you're growing up, you're doing, uh, you're singing, uh, doing some tap. Uh, what was next for you? Next for me was the, the military. After I graduated from high school, I went right into is this uh, something, the Army. Is this something you always wanted to do? Is this Yeah, just- well, absolutely, yeah, because most of my... Um, Family members were either in the Army, Air Force, Navy, or Marines. And I grew up in North Carolina, in Kinston, North Carolina, which is not that far from Jacksonville, which is not that far from Camp Lejeune and Cherry Point. And uh, just being around a lot of Marines and, and Army guys. So you know it your whole life. Not that far from Fort Bragg. So, yeah, pretty much it was kind of set in stone to kind of do that after school. And I know, I mean, just from our previous interview, the, the short one, I, after doing this, listen, ladies and gentlemen, after I did a really short interview with Quentin for this, uh, for the art club, I realized like, you know, 15 minutes isn't enough. Like you've got a story to tell. So I had to bring you on here. Right. And, and I know that that time in the army, like set the ball in motion to like, what would be the rest of your life. Yeah, right? absolutely. And in the, in, in the point of, uh, I spent most of that time in Germany, but um, because of an incident that happened at the motor pool where one of my friends was filling up the tire on the deuce and a half, and they supposed to put the tire guards up there to prevent um, the rim. If it pop off, it pop off inside of the tire guard. He didn't do that. And so when the tire rim popped off, it hit him in the head and split his head open. <sighs> And so here I am looking at this, and it was really, really, um, him, you know, it was really, really hard to- Like traumatizing. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, it was really hard. This was a good friend of yours. Yeah, absolutely. We were close, and um, 
yeah, it was really hard to kind of deal with that. And getting past that, I probably, and thinking about it, at that time, it should have been like something offered to talk to somebody about it. But we went on, and uh, because of that and seeing that, uh, and he passed away. He did pass away. Right, and um, so it was just like and you saw drown it, yourself. You saw it all happen. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, I hear you getting emotional about this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so um, in order for me to, like, deal with that, uh, I started uh, medicating myself with alcohol. And, and wait, uh, but you were saying, I mean, you literally watched something uh, that no one should have to see. Right. There was no psychiatric help for you afterwards? No, nothing at all? Nothing. It's just deal with it, go on. Uh, Did they and, realize how much you were affected by it? or uh, Not until later, you mm. know, later on. Uh, once I came back to the States, then they kind of offered something. But at that point, I had fell into alcohol as a medication to suppress all of that. And it just started like a Spiral snowball down. spiraling down a hill. And, and when this was all going on, were you still part of the army or had you um, yes, and then what happened was it just got so bad even with whatever they offered, they decided to um release me with a medical discharge. And so when I left the army with all of that going on, I went back to Kenton, North Carolina. And I had a, all of these issues in my head wow. uh, for years. Wow, that's really heavy, man. Yeah, and so um, I just drowned myself for, for almost 10 years. There was still no help. I mean, the, uh, did you request to leave, or they just saw the state you were in? And they just... saw the state that I was in, and they um, a medic, medic gave me a medical discharge. S still, no, still no help? Uh, I guess they might have offered. I'm I'm not I'm not sure because the you condition a, I was in at that particular point in time. I didn't. I just wanted, to, you know, just go. And um, I came home. I had still all of this stuff going in my head, and um, with no help, and just trying to manage day by day, you know, and um, to the point where I didn't want to really live anymore. It was just really bad at that point in time. You said 10 years. Yeah, absolutely. So from the time I got out of the military in 84 until 94, it was just this clog of delusion, you know. Do you do you actually remember that? Not most of it. It just Not is kind of hazy, of huh? Right. And so what happened was my mom opened up a restaurant up here in Sicklerville. So I came up in 91 with all of them issues to help her out with her restaurant. Did she know where you yeah. were at mentally at the time? Yeah, pretty much so. Did, and, uh, did she bring you up because she really needed the help or she wanted to help yeah. you or both maybe? Uh, maybe both. Yeah. Because yeah, she was really like, you you really need to get in church and you know and do some positive do things. Do some positive things, but um, it came to the point where I wanted to die again. And up here, um, I went into a crisis situation, and they put me in a facility. And um, I stayed in that facility. Is it kind of like a, a Baker Act uh, situation where they decide that, like, you kind of, a, uh, if you don't mind me asking, like a danger to yourself? Yeah, and, danger to myself and others. Yeah, so they it, put you in a place to get you. Right, the alcoholism had just got too far, the depression, the anxiety. It mm. just took over, so I had to um, actually deal with that. And it was great. You know, at first I was... Mad about being in a program. Most people that go to a program for the first time probably are angry because it's kind of like you forced yes. by the judge and by the authorities 
to go into a program. And so I did. And um, it took about two trips. And and um, the second one was a longer stay. How long was, was the first one? The first I, it could one, be like three days. It could be a lot longer than yeah, that. Yeah, the first one was probably like maybe two or three weeks. And was the first one helpful? or Yeah, did you yeah just... because it gave me a chance to kind of think about things with the counseling and, and everything that they had offered, the group therapy and everything. Um, but once I came back out, it was still this monster, this, this demon just still waiting for me to come back out. And then I started getting back into this uh, destructive mode again. I mean, it had been years, two weeks. is It's just not a lot of time to really make that kind of turn. Even if that spark of like, okay, I need to change, it's just not enough. It's not enough. So the second time I had a crisis incident, they put me in in the program and I stayed for about eight months. Okay, now we're talking. Yeah, so that that was um, I, that was in the summer of '94, the spring of '94, spring of '94. And I stayed there, and I finally really, really got it. I came out. How uh, far into the program was it where you actually thought that okay, like I'm back, I'm ready? To live my life? Uh, probably around the last um, two months. Wow. Yeah. So it took like a half a year of this yeah, kind of program. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And um, I realized I, I don't need that anymore. I, I don't need that anymore. All I need is to um, stay. Um, and then after I left that program, I, ha- I was in another program. But that program was like a day program. Yeah. So you go to the program during the day, the Micah Club in Cherry Hill. Is that like meetings or? Uh, no, it's a complete club. It's a life um, skills, life oh. service club that they had, um, Micah, mentally ill, chemical abuser. And um, I was in that group uh, and that club for, you know, a couple of years and it really helped you when you're around other people that's dealing with issues. Yeah. It's trying to stay sober and do the right thing. You need that community. Yeah. You do. I yeah. mean, it's the same thing with the army. People love being in the army because they're part of this community. Uh, yeah. People need other people to stick together and influence each other and motivate each other. Right. It's kind right. of funny. Like, uh, I'm thinking about my students. I'll, we'll have preschoolers come into the school and the parents say like, my kid won't stop wetting the diaper, won't stop wetting their pants. They won't go to the potty. And I just say, listen, when they see their friends going to the potty, then they'll go to the potty. <laughs> right. And that's how right. it goes, man. Yeah, that's how it goes. And so it, 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 it was a, a, uh, a good thing for me to, to actually thrust myself into that, and then uh, it was a spiritual piece too that that helped me along the way as I kind of put myself back into uh, what I grew up in in the church, in the choir, and different things like that that helped that whole situation develop into what it is today. Yeah, fast forward to today. What was it you were doing? Last? Why couldn't we do the interview last night? You were doing something, right? What are yeah. you doing today? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Last night I was. What were well, you doing? Y- yesterday I was. Um, it was a long day, and so we um, seven different preachers. We had to preach the la- the seven last sayings of the cross. Are you a mm. Are you a preacher? Yes, I'm an ordained minister. Look at that, ladies yeah, and gentlemen. Yeah. yeah. So it it's been a long road. I'm feeling very moved. Um, and and um, from nine, from the time I got out of the program, um, nine, uh, October '94, and um, I went into bringing myself worth back up in the community. So that's all it was was about bringing myself worth back up in the community. Do things for other others. Help others. Think of the positive and not the negative. And, and all of these things that I learned in the group started making a whole lot of more sense than mm. it was when I start stepping away from the um, group. Because after a while, you feel like, you know, you did all you can here. It's yes. time to start moving 
to another phase in life. And yeah. So, Put those things that you've been talking about all those months into yeah, action, right? Right. Yeah. Make it applicable. What was the first thing that you did that helped you feel like, hey, I'm, I'm a part of this community. I'm helping out. Like, I'm doing uh, something. The church thing. Uh, then after that, I, around 97, I, I went to... Um, Went to college. I went to see uh, Camden County College. No way. Yeah. <laughs> no way, man. After all of that, you right. ended up going to college? Right. Absolutely. No yeah. way, man. Yeah. So I, I did not see that coming. So what did you study? I studied uh, social services. Yeah, I wanted to be uh, in social services and uh, addiction counseling. So wow. I, I went and I got my in-between 97 in 2010, I went right straight through. I got two associate's degrees, one in so, social services, uh-huh. associate's degree in social services, associate's degree in addictions counseling. Then I went on to get my bachelor's degree in theology. And I got a double bachelor's in theology and uh, another one in biblical studies. And then I moved on from there to get my master's degree in theological studies. Did you get your master's? Yeah, from the North Carolina College of Theology. It was. Do you super- realize, I don't mean to cut you off, man, but do you realize how this story sounds? I mean, man, it is like, ooh, I don't want to get emotional, man, but it is extremely moving. Yeah. And, and um, Yeah, it was a lot, so. I feel like this is a story that a lot of people need to hear. Yeah. You can do it. I'm telling you, you could do it if you get some help. Do the right thing. Um, it's it's different from every, everybody. My path is not your path. You know, you might have to fall three or four times, but I come to tell you that you could do it if you 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 put your mind to it. Absolutely. And so, um, from that point, Pastor wanted to ordain me at the church. So um, we worked on that. Can you explain to me? I'm sorry. I I grew up with a Jewish background. What do you mean by he wanted to ordain you? Yeah, well, I was a licensed minister for six years at the church, doing ministry at the church with, you know, and doing outreach. It came a point to where my pastor wanted me to, and I wanted to be, to go out and visit the sick, the shut-in, nursing homes, in order for me to do that, to give people communion, um, he thought it was best that he would ordain me, um, So, which is above a license. Ordination, license you a minister or evangelist. Mm-hmm. This is like the next level. Yeah. Right, I'm reverend or ordained reverend through through my church. So he said in order for me to, to make it uh, to be the pastor of visitation, uh, he would uh, ordain me, and he did ordain me, so I can pick up that mantle. And now, pastor I, of visitation, right? I've never heard that term before. Right, it's going out to uh, nursing homes and and uh, ministering to people, going into people's homes and ministering to people, and giving them communion if they can't make it to church. I'm gonna uh, stop you because <laughs> this story is just. <laughs> It's amazing. Gosh, I feel like we just started and we're already halfway done. We have to get to a commercial break. I want to know about the impact you've made on people. And we haven't even gotten to the art yet, man. And ladies and gentlemen, we have to end this episode. Of course, we're going to get to the chat pack later. But before the chat pack, Quentin, can you tell the, the audience what you've actually done over here that I'm pointing to right here? Oh, yeah. I created a collage of superheroes for for uh, Sam Kiers. But um, I'm not sure if Sam might try to sneak it and keep it himself. <laughs> but, but, I know, it would um, look I, pretty I good in it, this I shed. I put it together and, um, uh, for his kids, and uh, I hope they really appreciate it. All right, I'm going to run inside for this uh, commercial break. And when I do, I'm going to let them know they're going to be so stoked. I got so much to talk to you. How are we halfway done, man? This is, this is a great interview. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we will be right back. Hey guys, it's me, Sam. I have two things to drop on you right now. First of all, do you want your kids to have the best summer ever? Of course you do. Well, there's only way you can provide that for them, and that is through an awesome summer camp experience. 
the swimming, the sports, the outdoor play, and being together with their best buds. Sign up for Camp Tuscaloosa is open right now, so get on that. Also, if you haven't heard by now, I have a new show with my friend named Dan Morrow. It's called The Nostalgia Cafe. We're interviewing celebrities and talking about all your favorite things from your childhood. It can be found on Spotify, iTunes, and anywhere you find your podcast. So check out The Nostalgia Cafe. Okay, we are back. Let's talk about, I, I want to get into the art, but your story is so moving and incredible. I, I just, I, I got to ask a couple more things about it. So I know there's nothing better than actually making an impact on someone else's life. Did you have that opportunity when you were going, uh, you said it was an in-home what what was it, the title again? An in-home uh, pastor? It's or? a pastor visitation. Pastor visitation. Yes. So what was that experience like for you? Yeah, it was uh, excellent. It seemed like it was something that um, that uh, fit me um, and and who I am, and um, I really care about uh, elderly uh, people, and so um, I think that's um, the major part of my ministry. Each person have what they can do. Uh, and what they could do best. Some people work with kids as a ministry. Some people work with adults as a ministry. Some people work with seniors. So what about you? I'm, I'm seniors. Um, really? Yeah, I just have a passion. To, I would have figured with all your yeah. early life stuff, you would have been with the people who are young. <laughs> yeah. But no, you gotta, you're dealing with the older people. Right, huh? right. It's just the honor and, and, and the knowledge and, and the love that... that um, they feel when you come to visit them and, and and talk with them and take some time out with them. A lot of people in the nursing homes don't even get visits from uh, family members I, for whatever reason, I don't know. But when you come and you, you um, um, talk to them and, and, and go over the um, and read scripture to them and, and, you know, and just talk with them, they, it, it, it really... Um, fills your heart to, to see that how much that they uh, love that idea and they just can't wait till you come back. So we, mm. we went uh, and then people sick in the hospital and um, um, might be on their last, you know, like last part of their journey, right? Um, we go up, we uh, pray over them and, and, um, and seen people just drift away um, to the wow. other side. But, you know, it, it, it all, all, um, it, it all comes together. Um, even, even though, it, like you said, it might, I should be working with younger people. I don't think you should. That. I don't think you should. <laughs> I just figured you would, but actually I'm really happy what you're saying because first of all, like with my students, we've taken visits there and I see the appreciation, right? These right. people who just want someone to talk. There are a lot, I mean, they're older, but they are a lot like my students where it's like people aren't there to listen to them and people just want to be listened to a lot of times. Right. Right. Absolutely. And they got stories to tell. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And wisdom and I'm sure to share. A lot of times we just going to see one specific person, but once people see that we come in to talk with that specific person, especially if we're in the day room, then some of the other elder people will come over and, and kind of sit down and, and I want some of that. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that is amazing. Yeah. It's amazing when you start praying for somebody, how people drift over and you're praying for somebody and you feel an arm or hand on your shoulder and um, you praying with this one person and next thing you know, you finish praying and you look up, you got five other people standing there with their heads bowed and with the hand on your shoulder and different things like that. Uh, and that's a powerful statement, you know, and uh, just to just that's that's my destiny. Man. That was a part of my destiny. As you know, COVID came. Um, Have that, you been going to the nursing homes during nah, COVID? No, nah, no. Nah, okay. Nah. They completely shut everything down. Yeah. You know, and we haven't been anywhere in a year. We can't do hospital visits. 
we can't. Gosh, at a time when they probably need it the most. Too, yeah, right? actually, my mom fell and she had to go in the hospital and we couldn't even go up there with her. So um, it's just been um, something else. But, you know, we're going to get through this, get on the other side of this, and we, we'll be back in business again. I love that, man. Clearly, you've moved on from, what was it, 1992 when your head was in a bad place. Yeah. Now you're thinking with a positive mindset. It's, yeah. it's a beautiful thing. Um, God, I feel like I could make this a 10-parter episode. But uh, when I ask people normally, I say, hey, you know, you're coming on my show. Uh, can you give me some talking points? Because, you know, if, if someone who owns a restaurant comes on, I, I'm obviously going to ask about the restaurant, but they might say to me, yeah, but I also collect this, and there's a, a story here. So I asked Quentin, I asked you uh, for some talking points, and uh, there's some really introspective questions here, some, some things that I'm just basically going to sh- throw out to you just as you gave them to me because they're great questions. And now that I even know you better, I, I want to know the answers to these questions so much. Okay. So, all right. Here's one. You want me to, you were thinking I could ask you what kind of legacy you want to leave behind. What is that legacy that you want to leave behind? Um, and that was, um, I, I had to reflect on that. And, and the, the kind of legacy I want to, to leave behind is when people think of me or reflect on my life is that he was the type of person that, that gives. He's the type of person that, that um, brought a, uh, um, some light in a dark space in, their, in, in time in their lives. Um, the, the kind of legacy that um, people think about you and reflect about your life that um, it brings about a, a, a light of positivity and um, it, you, sometimes you can't leave material things, but you could leave um, um, a, a, a life of love, a life that brings joy to somebody when they think about you, a life that um, uh, people can use as an example to mock or to exemplify or to use it as a ground point to what they want to do in their lives. You know, I've seen like with my own family and other families that when like the grandmother passes away, the great grandmother, whatever, there's all this fight about like who gets the jewelry, who gets this, who gets that. But what you're giving is so much more. It's just so much more than any of those material possessions. Letting someone leave their life knowing. I'm just going to say this. I think about what I think. Wow, man, you are just moving me over here, dude. I just, I, I, th- here's a thought I, I never really discuss with people. And I'm, it's just coming to me. And, and that's, I, oftentimes I think about what if I died? What if I died today? What would people say at my funeral? Mm-hmm. And I'm just so sure by what you're telling me and just getting to know you that, you know, I, I don't want to say it like this, you know, but like if you were gone, God, just the things from me hanging out with you now for a half hour and a little bit before that, the things I would say about you are exactly that. I think it's you were exactly leaving behind the kind of legacy that you want and something you wouldn't have even dreamed of you know, 30 something years ago. Absolutely not. I, I just, you know, it's, it's been a quite of a journey and, and my, um, my story is not only mine. It's everybody that's around me that I have affected. Um, I went home, um, to visit and this person said, the last time I saw you, you know, you seem hopeless. Um, and um, that kind of kind of drew me back, but they say, "Look at you now, look look what God has done in your life, look where God has brought you to now, and it's just amazing just looking at you now, and the glow that you had, and comparing to you f- for the years that you was dealing with your other issues, it's just it blew blew them away. You do so, have a glow about you, and it's hard for me to even imagine. <laughs> It's hard for me to picture you any other way than you are right now just mm. because it's real. It does, you're not faking it. You're not yeah. phoning it in. Like, this is who you've become yeah. through, 
real lows and and then some real highs afterwards. Right, absolutely, yes. So we haven't even talked about the art. So (laughs) that's why I'm bringing Quentin on is because of his art. His art is superb. Um, You know, before I ask these questions that you uh, brought up to me, let me just ask you, how did you get into the art? What was the first step and, and how did you get to where you are today? Right, around 1999. Um, something, I, I, to me, it was like I needed something to, to, um, to add to the experience, to the journey that I was on. And for some reason it was art. And I started just doodling around, uh, on paper and, uh, I finally got, was able to start afford some canvases and I got some canvases and start doodling around on that and making a mess. And <laughs> my wife, my wife said, um, I came home one day, she had one of these fancy art sets where you put the canvas on the, uh, the easel, the easel and the, the, the thing where you keep the, Paint and brushes, a and palette or something. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, was, she was like, "You need to. If you're gonna do it, do it right." You mm. know. So um, I just started dealing and uh, painting, and uh, I didn't think that I was that great. Uh, but one of my friends, who had been actually uh, a, a artist for about 25 years at that time, he said, "Don't give up. Keep going." Don't worry about it. You'll grow into it. Mm. It takes a little bit, but you'll be surprised. So I kept pushing and kept pushing and being dissatisfied with my work. He said he came back to me, you know, a couple of years, I mean, a year later or so and said, wow, that's you really moving. And to me, I'm like, moving where? So he was like, (laughs) (laughs) so he was like, look. Let me put a couple of frames on two pieces of this artwork, and I'll show you what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So he took two pieces of the artwork, went and framed it, and brought it back. I looked at that. I was like, is that my work? Are you serious? He said, you just don't imagine. You can't imagine how far you move on your own in a year and maybe a year and a half span. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I just kept um, dealing with it, and and I guess about uh, 2002, 2003, somewhere around that, I started coming into my own and um, really doing some. So it took like four years. Right, it, it coming into my own, and then I started taking chances. Some people said, look, you – I went somewhere, I'm being honest, I went somewhere to do a art and craft event. My first one, maybe. Yeah, I think it was my first one. So I'm out there. Some guy, I'm setting up my art. He said, uh, some guy came up to me. He was like, what are you doing out here? I was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) I'm setting up. He said, this stuff should be in a gallery. Mm. I was like, what? (laughs) I I mean, he said, you just don't even know because most artists don't really look at their art. They just do their art, set it aside, do the art, set it aside. And um, and it takes people from the outside to look inward Mm. to it, to see it, to, to appreciate it. And so after he told me that, I was completely shocked that he even came over and said anything. I started reaching out to galleries, and the first gallery I reached out to was the African American Harris Museum of Southern New Jersey under the um, the curator uh, and owner is Dr. Uh, Hunter, Ralph Hunter. And he saw my work, and he, like, yup. <laughs> so he, he took... He, yep. he he took me in, and um, I've been rolling ever since. Yeah, you know? let's, let's talk about your pieces. Uh, they are 
I mean, they are powerful. After we did the interview with the art club, a couple people came up to me and they were like, man, that piece that Quentin did, namely the one where the police officers are pointing their guns at, uh-huh. uh, it's they're pointing the guns at a black man, right? Yes. Could um, you so, so for someone who's never seen your art, I mean, could you describe that piece? Could you describe what your style is? Well, I'm um, more primitive and um, in style. Is is not a lot of elaboration. I try to stick right with the subject and try to focus on the subject and bring that subject to the fullest capability of what I could do as an artist. And so that particular piece was a reflection of what was going on at that time during the summer with all these mm. riots and protests and and things that was happening. And so I drew into that experience um, in uh, on canvas and that what, what was one of the ideas that came out and um, Black Lives Matter and different things like that. So in this day and age, this tough, tough time in our country. Yeah, absolutely. Like I have nothing but praise to say about your art, but have you ever actually received any negativity with the messages you're trying to send? Well, absolutely. You have. Yeah, I did a piece um, uh, with police bashing people over the head uh, with batons, and, and, and it was just a a, 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 a real violent, heavy uh, piece that I did, and um, I hung it up in the Cassiano's Cafe. Oh, that was in Cassiano's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I wish I'd seen that one. So, so not everyone was privy to that, that nah, piece? No, this lady, and, uh, you know, I, know, I don't even know who she is. She was just very upset because, you know, her husband was a police officer. Mm. And she's saying that all police officers ain't bad. And well, well, that's uh, you're true, trying to but... bring, um, you know, it's a little bit of a negative light um, that you, mm. you're bringing up. I didn't even think about all of that. I just was doing a piece that for the moment, for I was in the zone of what was going on earlier this year. Yeah, that's not something she should have taken personally. Oh, yeah, well, she did. She was real angry. Well, that's a big Mm -hmm. problem with nowadays is people do take things too personally and they're not seeing things from all sides. And I mean, we could get deep into that hole, but I think that your art is just, it is, bro, it is moving. I never (laughs) even thought about doing political pieces. Oh, really? No, I just was a traditionalist uh, um, uh, I fo- focused on the Nubian African side of, of, of my work, you know, and I never moved into that until Heather Walbert, although I'm mispronouncing her name. Heather Albert? No, no. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah um, but um, one of the um, uh, young ladies, um, we was talking and um, she said, you need to get just a little bit more political with your uh, art. And so... I kind of fed into it, and I, I went that direction. Are you proud of your political work? Yes, I am. And uh, yeah. political work, <laughs> the political work sold. Oh, it sold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because people can get behind that if they it probably touched their soul, something they they right. can relate to, or something uh, that 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 their family could relate to, so right. they feel it. Yeah, and I'm talking about it sold off of my. Uh, if you go to NJ Rep. REP.org. I'll, I'll post that when we when you drop this episode. I'll put all the links, perhaps even a link to so people can see these pieces that you do. Right. My mom, she was a, a, an art docent for many years. And I remember at the museum she was an art docent at, there was an African section. I would go in there all the time. Right. And your art really reminds me of the pieces I used to see in that section. Uh, absolutely. One time, this one of my friends, uh, Renee France Antoine, She's a uh, local uh, designer. She is awesome. And um, we connected years ago, and then she had a boutique, and she said, oh, this is your wall. Do whatever you want to with it. Hang art here. And, And I had two walls, and I just filled it up with art. So everybody that came in there, most of the people like, 
Is this guy from the island? Is he from Africa? <laughs> it looks just like it. Right. It really yeah. does. Yeah, they was puzzled, you know. <laughs> so every now and then I would come to the um to the boutique to kind of hang out with Renee and spend the day with her and um so that when people come in and see it, I get a chance because I like to talk to people and see their experience of what I'm doing, you yes. know. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Man, I'm just gonna have to run through these questions. I yeah. man, your story. I cannot get enough of this. All right, let's go through some of these. All right, your strengths and passions in life that help you succeed as life as an artist. Right. It's actually art itself, you know. Oh. It's actually doing art that that brings me um to a point in life where uh, I I feel the the strength behind doing the art, you know, and 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 meeting people mm. and experiencing their experience of what I'm doing, and not only that, meeting other artists, mm. you know, and grouping up and talking and 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 uh, just doing the shows and all of that combined together is what builds me up. It what keeps me going. Yes, you know, as an artist, I can relate know? to that so much. Yeah, yeah. There's times where even with this show, I'm like. Man, I keep going, you know, it's so much work, and I don't know if people really like it. I don't know. I get in my own head, you know? Right. But then yeah. I then I get something from the outside, like some comments, or I, I talk to you right here, and I'm like, oh, hell yeah, I should be doing this. Like, I'd be missing out on a conversation like this. Like, Yeah, absolutely. This is the best. <laughs> so it's good to get that feedback and that kind of community of, uh, you know, people who can relate. All right, let's go to the next one. So let's talk about the future. Where is your life headed? And after all that story, I'm dying to know where's your life headed and what direction do you want to go with your art? Right. With my art, I would like to, at some point in time, uh, if all possible, to uh, create a program in the in my community uh, with Art in Motion of Southern New Jersey and uh, create a program where we have after school art programming a, a mixed genre of the arts. God, I think dance, you music, art, you name it, with kids after school, summer programming, and uh, also eventually add that PTSD uh, art therapy for veterans. Man, I feel program. like you could bring this program to the kid, the youth, to the older people that you're working yeah, with. Absolutely. Like, who yeah, absolutely. Who couldn't use this? Yeah. Let's talk about your PTSD. Are you still dealing with some of it today? Absolutely. Um, so yeah. I take, um, what, you know, my meds. And um, sometimes I have, like, night terrors. My wife, she'd be, <laughs> you know, trying to make sure that, I, you know, I'm okay and everything. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I still deal with it, but it's just where I'm at now. I'm in a better place. You to know how to deal with deal it. Deal with it now. Absolutely. Yes. You took the words right out of my mouth. Awesome. I don't really know exactly what you mean by this question, but I'm dying to know the answer. Uh, what is your reality on mental illness? Yes. That, you wrote that down. I was like, well, what, what do you mean by that? What, your reality, uh, what does that mean? Well, my reality on mental illness is that uh, a lot of people think that mental illness control them. My reality is that if you do the right things, if you take care of yourself, uh, if you eat well, if you exercise, mm. if you do things, positive things, that in my reality, the mental illness don't have to take your life, don't have to rule you. You can contain it. It might be there, but it'll be a smaller portion mm. of your reality. Yes, I read a quote recently where, uh, I can't remember, maybe it was Jim Carrey, who, who basically said what you said, where it's, yeah, maybe you have mental illness, but if you're not giving yourself exercise, if you're not going outside and you're not eating healthy, you're not even giving yourself a fighting chance. Right, right, absolutely. And then I get the therapy from the VA clinic and um, the hospital and see the psychiatrists and different things over there. And then I get my physical health with my... Um, primary doctor taking care of you go to the gym too right yeah and i go to the gym four five days a week good stuff man <laughs> absolutely hell yeah knocking it in man <laughs> were you working at fitness or you at a um i'm at uh kennedy 
Oh, okay. Yeah, Kennedy Fitness in um, Sewell. All right. Yeah, yeah so, so I, important, man. So yeah, important. Yeah, that's all a part of the uh, of the healthy lifestyle. It's it's not it's not it's a healthy lifestyle that you got to live yes. to keep your mind, you know, where you need to be. And then along with that, the therapy, the art, trying to do help others instead of trying to focus on what's going on with you. You know, you kind of look out. Yeah, because you can get stuck inside your head, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there, man. man. Yeah, it's a, it's man. almost like a, a regular struggle. But mm-hmm. if you keep doing these things, you give yourself that fighting chance. It, absolutely, yeah. And that's what a lot of mental illness is, is selfishness. And I hate to say it, it's along with the d- disease. People isolate themselves. And mm. that makes the disease even worse. And some people don't even consider it a disease, but it is. It is a disease. It is a disease. And it just makes your um, disease worse when you start isolating. And that's what I did. A lot of isolating, a lot of drinking, a lot of... Hiding from the problems. Hiding from the problems uh, in years past. And and it just escalated and built itself up until, you know, and um, on the right track now. Yes, sir. <laughs> Two more of these. All right. Uh, so what holds you back? You said, uh, this was your question. What holds you back from reaching your full potential and being the person? Because to me, <laughs> through this conversation, sounds like you're doing everything right. Like, what could possibly hold you back? <laughs> <laughs> well, at this point, absolutely nothing. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> All right. Last one before we get into the chat pack. And this question was simple yet super complex, if I could find it in my copious notes. Mm-hmm. Boom, how could I forget this one? Quentin, what makes you happy? What makes me happy is uh, giving and doing for others. And instead of focusing on myself, helping others, you know, doing art. Um, people say, oh, you shouldn't give your art away. <laughs> Sometimes I just do. I. I put three pieces of my art in the car. I drive up to a complete stranger. I said, I I do art. Uh, Would you take a piece of my art and hang it up in your house? People are like, oh, yeah. You're giving that to strangers (laughs) on the street? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I've probably done it 10, 15, 20 times. Who knows? Man, that's worth Mm -hmm. more than money. Yeah. Just to see. Just to see. Somebody else, you know, smile. Mm. That says a lot. Not only, mm-hmm. like, I don't mean to build it up. For all I know, they're going to be shy and scared to say anything when they come in here. But I, I'm telling you, my kids see this piece. Not only are they going to be excited, when they put it up on their wall, they're going to think about you every time they see it. That's cool. Now, there's something special mm-hmm. to be said about right, that. Right, right. All right, before I bring down the kids, I've got something. I don't know if you've heard about this, but this is called the chat pack, where these questions, they have nothing to do with what we've been talking about. In fact, I don't know what's even on these cards, but what you're going to do is you're going to pick one of these out, and hopefully you've got an answer for it. Okay, we'll try. Oh, he's picking from the middle. Oh, he, he picked two right no, off the no, bat. No, no, no. Oh, he's just going for that one. Okay. Let's see what it says. Oh, it's a cool, cool one. What was your favorite thing to pretend when you were a young child. When I was a young child, I used to pretend like I was a soul man singer. <laughs> I used to pretend like I was Michael Jackson or something, you know. And, you know, and, Yeah, uh, you had a concert going on in your room. Right in my head. <laughs> you knew that answer right away. Yeah, that was great. I mean, yeah, it was, you know, and getting in the zone and... Little, doing little performances and oh putting, man, yeah, you know mine. mine my my granddad, he just loved it. I oh. he had a jukebox, so you put the chord in, put the song on, and you you kind of dance <laughs> and try to pretend like you that uh, that person singing, and it's it was great. Oh man, mm-hmm. that's great. You know, as as a kid, like I always knew I wanted to be a pro wrestler, and I eventually did it. But I spent many years in my room wrestling my stuffed animals. <laughs> <laughs> And now I'm 38 and I'm watching my own kids and they're wrestling their action figures at each other. And right, right. Brings a little tear to my eye. <laughs> right. You don't, you don't look 38. Oh, yeah? You don't think so? 
Thanks, dude. Wait, th- I look older or I look younger? <laughs> no, you look good than that. I'm 58. <laughs> you look great, man. <laughs> yeah. It's that exercise. We're getting that exercise yeah. in. All right, one more chat pack. Okay, here we go. Once again, Boom. from the middle, here we go. All right. Oh, interesting. What is one field or profession that you never pursued, but that you think you probably would have been pretty darn good at? Uh, the next level of social service work is social worker. Mm. I think that if I pushed that, um, had went into that even more so at the time that I was in school, I probably would have went into that and probably would have been a good one. Incredible. You would have been incredible. uh, Helping other people. You know, providing services for the community. And I still think like to that. this day, man, I don't know if you have the right degrees or whatever, but you got the right personality, man. Yeah. I think you would be fantastic. Yeah. That's it for the chat pack. Should we turn these paintings around so we can reveal it with a turnaround or something with the kids? Right, yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we will be right back with the reveal of the gifts. And you know, my son Casey, he just got uh, diagnosed with uh, diabetes. So Yeah, I have it too. You have diabetes? Yes. Type 1 or type 2? Type 2. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, you know. I take insulin and um, um, uh, other medications. Whoa. Okay, so you know all about it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I know about it. Yeah. And managing well, it is, is, as you see with your son, is hard. It's, it's every difficult. day. So you have to fight every day, do the right thing, watch what you do, you know. And, it's, there's uh, so many misconceptions out there. You think you got it and it comes back. <laughs> I'm telling you, the other day. It does something else. Dude, the other day, I'm like, wow, we've got him between that 70 and 120 range. And all of a sudden, in the middle of the night, I take his blood. It's 300. Right. What is going on? Right. Yeah, Yeah, it makes you so frustrating, but you just keep kicking it. Yeah, just keep fighting the good fight. Kicking the can down the road. Yes, sir. All right. We will be right back with Jaden and Casey. All right. All right, man. I'm going to put these. All right. Good to see you. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. Jaden and Casey, please introduce yourselves. I just introduced you before you could introduce yourselves. Anyways, come on forward. Hi. Hey. What's your name? Casey. Casey. <laughs> and come on forward. Who are you? Jaden. Jaden. So, boys, you know, not too often I have guests come and bring gifts for you guys, but... Are you ready to see what's behind door number one? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Their mouths are wide open. What do we see here, boys? Superheroes. <laughs> That's right. Who do you like on here? Flash. And Batman. Aquaman. And Batman. Superman and Flash and Aquaman. And Green Lantern. Yep. So I tell your dad that I had did this for you and designed it, you know, and he was super happy about that. And so um, I'm just happy to be able to get it over here to you guys. And hopefully you enjoy it for the rest of your life, you know. And the, and the thing that I touch turns to gold. <laughs> so you better hang on to it. <laughs> oh, this is going up. What do you guys have to say? Thank you. You you quite welcome. Look at these smiles. Do you, hey, Jaden, is it good? You like it? It's awesome. It's awesome, man. And I I know I promised you guys a second one too. So he also brought something else. Yeah, brought but this smile. piece right here is incredible. Oh, who's that? Flash. That's the Flash. There you go. Wow. <laughs> what do you guys That's say so to Quentin? Cool. That's so. Thank you. You're more Thank than you. welcome. All right. Hey. You know, this is a real nice piece. We take good care of this, right? Yeah. You take it inside, you take good care of it, and we'll hang it up tonight. Cool beans? You guys say thank you to Quentin? Thank you. You're more than welcome. Ooh, are those smiles priceless or what? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) All right, take good care of it, boys. Bring it inside. Take your time. Yes. Look at that, man. Wow. (laughs) So cool, right, boys? (laughs) The glue on the dark snake. Yes. Oh, you got me Abraham Lincoln. Okay. That was awesome, man. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank me. Thank you. Wow. That was special. Quentin. 
Christ. Like I said, I could do a 10-parter with you, but uh, the show's only an hour, so yeah. I, before this uh, last little part, I just want to say thank you for doing this. Uh, yeah. In the time you uh, want me yeah, yeah. come up, I'd be glad to. Yeah, I think uh, you do a couple. Uh, I know you're going to be doing a million things, so as soon as uh, you yeah, got the next um, piece I'm of I'm working news. on my schedule now for the spring and summer, so I'm going to be up. Um, I got um, some shows that's coming up. Yeah, tell me. So, so if people want to see your art, if they want to uh, buy a piece of art, if they want to see you, tell me what what information can we give them? Yeah, well, they can go to my Facebook page, which is um, artwork of Kofi Green K O F I Green at Facebook. Uh, they could go to Art and Motion of Southern New Jersey at Facebook dot com. They could go to NJ rep.org njrep.org and that's connected with the West End Art Center out of Long Branch they made me a virtual um, museum uh, online museum you're it's all a, of just you? yeah just me it's a 40 piece uh, virtu uh, virtual museum whoa uh, that, I'm gonna um, check that out tonight yeah people been uh, purchasing artwork off there from New York from Connecticut from, um, you know, all over the place. So. Yes, Quentin Green all over the place. Get <laughs> yeah. on it, people. And Quentin, before we get out of here, is there anyone out there in the world that you would like to give a shout-out to? Yeah, I would like to shout-out to my wife, Priscilla. Um, the My homies in North Carolina. Um, the artists that um, um, I hang out with somewhat. Uh, the people at Hobby Lobby. Oh, you and, like Hobby Lobby? <laughs> my gang at Hobby Lobby and um, on, on Cross Keys. Yeah, I love that place. Yeah, and um, yeah, I go in. Everybody know me. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like man. going home, you know, family, <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, Renee, Heather. They all know. All right. Yeah. Yeah. What's up, guys? Verneen out there in California. What up, Verneen? <laughs> <laughs> well, man, thank you. You've been so like open and honest. Your story is incredible. And yeah, I look forward to doing this again with you. And the, the piece for my kids, I can't thank you enough. And uh, yeah. just thank you for being you, Quentin. I appreciate you. And you're, I'm proud of you. And you're a great man. Thank you, Sam. Anytime. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for my man, Quentin Green. Thank you.